Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to Mindful Talk. Today, we're talking about mindful spending. So money, 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 which is super scary and everybody hates talking about. Lauren has already expressed this. So Lauren, tell me right out of the gate, how do you feel about this topic? So in my head... I am a mindful spender and I want to be one, but in reality, I am super unorganized about spending and I have been able, which I'll tell you about later to trace it all the way back to how I grew up, which is such an interesting perspective on how we individually are about money. And so I was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday. I was like, we need like somebody that we can hire to hold our hand through our family budget and spending and how to actually keep track. We have started this 25 times and we have failed miserably. We are not mindful about spending. It's really difficult. I think it's the ultimate mindful practice because, you know, for years and years and years you work so that you can make this money so that you can buy all these things. This is your head as a kid, right? My eight-year-old just wants to like money it up so she can buy all the toys. But then you get older and you're like, oh, I'm an adult. I can buy all the toys. And so things start to get overwhelming. You, you navigate. And what most people find is I believe it goes back to how you were raised. And I think based on what I've discussed with my friends in the past, it's one of two things. You either turned out exactly like the people that raised you or you went polar opposite. And you're like rebel, like, you know, we were super frugal. And so I am spending it and living it up large. So I have always, I started working at a bank in high school and worked a bank all through high school and then a bank all through college. And so basically eight years in a bank. And I saw people's checking accounts and it was all very interesting to me. And in those formative years, Um, going through high school and college, it was a really big eye opener for me because what I saw was fakers. (laughs) Mm. I lived in a small town and these fakers would roll up and I thought that they were very affluent people in our community. Turns out they had $7 in their bank account. So early on, I'm like, gosh, you know, like I want to live an authentic, I didn't know this, this is what I'm thinking, but this is what I was thinking. I want to live an authentic life for me. And I want that to reflect in all aspects of my life. And that's true to my money. And so if I'm carrying designer everything, but it's all on credit cards, that's not really an authentic life. And so it's up to me. And I, uh, this is the biggest thing I learned. It's up to only me to make all of that happen not my spouse, not my parents, nobody. It's up to me. And so that was like 23-year-old Misty. 
And she, man, she just kept on doing that. I took seminars on how to save your money and how to grow your financial wealth and retirements. And so I've always been really, I don't want to say into that, but I've always been really um, mindful of it. Then I would say about four years ago, I got very, I, I, my advocate work for the earth just kind of took over and the, the ways in which I live my life as a human and recycling and giving, doing things, my consumption really took a change. And I started to look at the things in my house. And this was the time around Marie Kondo or whatever, you know, where everybody was doing the joy stuff. I've always done that. But what I started to look at was everything in my house and everything I bring in needs a reason, a really good reason. And there are time for treats. And so I have to be really disciplined about that. And there are times I want to click the Amazon button, click the Amazon button. And that is where mindfulness comes in. And I have that thought and I'm like, no, we don't need that. It's okay. It's like a hit of dopamine. You're not going to be happy that you had this and that you spent the money because we could use this money for this because that's our long-term goal. And so I stop. And so I think personally, when I started thinking about this as a conversation topic, my mindfulness practice has helped my financial freedom a ton, a ton. And it was already pretty good because I was mindful of it just because of what I saw. But then once I really started practicing mindfulness, I got really good about setting goals and reaching those goals and figuring out like way what I wanted big picture. So it's kind of fun to have two varying sides of the conversation. She's not as, and I am. And I think a lot of people will find that sometimes in relationships. I mean, that's definitely the case in my relationship. Is that the case for you guys? It is, although we could both be more organized about it. Well, that's and good. That's kind of like more partnership yeah. there. Yeah. And granted, I will say that we have the luxury of not being super organized about it. And I just want to recognize that as um, I think that's a factor, you know, yeah. But I will say, even when I was eating 49 cent ramen, I was still this way. So maybe that's not a factor. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the pattern has followed me from high school all the way through now from being super broke to having a little bit of disposable income. Not We don't buy whatever we want, but like we have some wiggle room there. Um, and I do trace it all the way back to this came from doing some of the exercises in this book, Money, A Love Story by Kate Northrup. Ooh. She says that we all have um, a childhood story about money that informs how we are today. And yours was yeah. your many years, formative years in banking, which I think is awesome. So mine, growing up, my parents didn't have a lot of extra money. They were both entrepreneurs and and over time did well, we lived comfortably, but for a long time, there wasn't a bunch of extra spending. However, I never knew that there was any money struggle, even when there was one. I always had everything I needed provided. I didn't get everything I wanted, but I had a really good Christmas, a really good birthday. 
And there was never one money struggle in my childhood view, although there was plenty under the surface, but my view was that I had everything I needed. There was always enough money. Money always came. And so growing up that way, I realized that's my attitude today is that even if we get really low and we have some big expense that we're not prepared for, I'm like, oh, but the money will come. It always comes. We will always be provided for with money because that was what was wired into my brain when I was a kid. And so my husband's view is not the same. That view that I hold really stresses him out because I don't take it seriously enough. Yeah. Um, But history is always also proven to be true. I haven't been kicked out of my house. I haven't lost my car. The money comes. (laughs) So it's just reinforcing this bad habit. I have to kind of stick my head in the sand and just hope things get better. You know what I mean? Um, He is not that way. Thank goodness. So he really keeps us on track. He, he is much more organized about it than I am, although we can both use a little help in that department. But what you said is so true that um, what I do now is if I want to buy something, probably 90% of the time, unless it's like groceries or something or like, you know, whatever needs, I make myself wait 24 hours. Such a good idea. Almost every time I don't want the thing 24 hours later. And what it showed me is that sometimes clicking that thing or making an impulse purchase in a store is actually helping me avoid discomfort. There's a sense of discomfort when we can't get what we want in the moment. Yes. It's just like my kids, like they throw, you tell them no at a store and they throw a fit. Yeah. I want to do the same thing a lot, but yeah. I don't because I'm a grown up and I'm not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And med- meditation and mindfulness is all about being able to sit with that discomfort, which kids can't yet. Their brain isn't there yet. They can a little bit, but as adults, that's a learned skill. Because what do we do when we're uncomfortable? We shop, we drink, we scroll, we get reactive, we eat, you know? And so you could use this as a mindful practice to to do what Misty said, like take a mindful pause, which I love and sit with the discomfort of what is this thing? What need is this thing going to fill for me? Is it just an emotional need or do I need this item? Right. And don't get me wrong. I totally believe in treat yourself Totally, <laughs> because we work hard. We do great things. We deserve yes. to enjoy our money. But, and I think at the end, we'll share an exercise to do um, that will help you kind of see this. But I wanted to talk a little bit about what you said about just it's he's not necessarily on the same page but thank goodness if if that's you and because i've had a lot of girlfriends who have been like yeah i'm not that good at it but he takes care of it let me tell you i don't think i have to tell you that you need to be in charge of your own financial freedom and i love my husband i'm not going anywhere he's not going anywhere but i want to know what comes in and out of this house And I want to understand why. And because I don't, I don't like clutter. Clutter causes anxiety. Get rid of your clutter. So there's a reason in in itself. And it makes me feel very overwhelmed. Like it's just stuff. When I go, it's true. Like my grandma used to say, like, when you die, what are you going to take? You're not going to take that nice chair. Like you can't take it with you. So 
Is there a reason that I need it? Does it have a longevity in our home? I look for that too. And I think as a parent, my mindful practice is often, how do I want my kids to be when they grow up? Like what I want them to be as an adult. I want them to be the adult that looks at things like this, their stuff in that view. So what do we do? Come Christmas, they know around like December 1st, we make a big haul to Goodwill. We go through our toys, we go through our house and we make a big haul to Goodwill. That that I have shown them, those toys will be underneath another child's tree. And it's twofold. The kid's going to be super excited and you're saving the planet. And so they are young enough, but they still understand that. And now it's a thing. And that gives me so much joy that it continues to encourage me to be mindful about the spending. Mm -hmm. And so through that, what I've found is, and I've told my husband, like, find out what it is that's really, really important to you about finances. And while I have like financial goals that I have, ultimately, I want my kids to grow up understanding that money is a thing. It's a real thing and it can stop you and it can move you forward. How are we going to navigate it? And it won't always be there. Like you said, it doesn't always just show up, but it's good to remain flexible. And I know we've talked about flexibility and other ones, but I think in regards to finances, that's something that you really have to experience. Mm -hmm. Especially right now. So many people are like working and not working and losing jobs and closing businesses and finances are maybe what you thought they would be right now. So it's just something you have to learn to be flexible and move through. Definitely. One of the biggest blessings of we moved like, I don't know, six years ago into the house we're in, we don't have a garage or any storage. And so our house is pretty minimalistic. We don't buy a lot of junk for the house. And, um, and it's at first, we almost didn't move into this house because it didn't have enough storage. And I realized over the years, what a massive gift it is because we, we don't have a lot of stuff around. We don't like a lot of stuff around. It really messes with my sense of clarity and, and like equilibrium. Yes. Um, people even come over and they're like, wow, do you even have kids that live here? I'm like, we just don't have a lot of crap. <laughs> they're also out of the plastic stage. So yes. that helps. Um, but it's gotten to the point with the kids where like, you know, my son needed um, new headphone things for their video games that they play. The microphone broke. And over the weekend, and I don't, there may be like $80. They're not cheap. These big headsets. And he needed a new one. And I was like, totally, I'll buy you that. You haven't asked for anything in like six months. And because he doesn't ask for anything, I'm like, I would love to, I would love to buy you something. You know, even though he did have his own money and he spends his own money on certain things, more like um, experiences than things. And yeah. it just felt really good to be like, wow, I can't even remember when the last time was that you actually wanted something. Um, he's also at an age where all he cares about is basketball and video games. And once you have basketball shoes, you don't really need much else. <laughs> and video games happen online. So he, he just doesn't need stuff right now, you know? Um and so that was, that was a nice feeling, you know, to be able to treat him and not feel like he's been asking for stuff every week. And I'm like, God, he wants something else, you yeah. know, we're at the 
learning what a dollar means, like mm, how yeah. I earn them and the chores. And we're getting started with all of that. And um, it's interesting to see which of your kids are money motivated and totally and which aren't because yep. it usually varies. And I'm happy to know that now because I want to help her navigate that. Like she's a spender. Okay. So we're going to need to work on savings. Um, do you know? And, and like nobody had those conversations with me. And so I think that part of mindful spending is having conversations with your family, sharing that with your kids, no matter the age that they are, and just making sure everybody's kind of on the same page. We do a thing um, when they earn money for chores, there's a save, spend, give three little buckets, three little jars. Ooh. And so a third goes into save, a third goes into spend and a third goes into give and they get to decide who gets the money, you know, like saving hope, which is a local animal rescue is a big one right now. Um, and then they save it for something big. Like my son is saving to go to Israel next summer or in two summers and then spend. So there's always a little bit of spending money. So that, that went over with them really well. Okay. So you say that you're not great at this yet. That's some good <laughs> parenting stuff. I can I'm do serious. it with them, not with me. Why is I know. That? Do as I say, not as I do kind right. of thing. I, I totally get you. Um, as we sit on this podcast, Ridiculous. just know that we struggle with this too. Um, because part of mine is also, you know, in the flexibility piece is not being too rigid about it and realizing that, like I said, treat yourself. And so I have to I have to have pep talks with myself about donuts. That's how like, and tight is not the word I like to use. I am very frugal. Um, and I just believe in, that's just how I was raised. Yeah. It goes back to what you were saying. I'm very frugal. And so it has to have a reason, but then sometimes it's like they're donuts, but then I'm like, oh, but Misty donuts have no nutritional value. They cost money. There's their con list is so long I love it. and I'm having a pro list over here. Like the kids will be so excited and it's quick and easy. You can get a coffee. And then suddenly I'm like, Hey, crazy lady, it's donuts. It's a donut. You got $5 to go get some donuts. So go get them. And so funny, but, but that those, ha those thoughts happen to everybody. Totally. But where the dividing line between mindfulness and not is I stop myself and I work myself through that. And I make the U-turn and I go get the donut. Go get the donut. Go but get the donut. Get I the think, donut. <laughs> I, well, I think that my husband knows that getting treats like that is just, and it's crazy. It's like $8, but that's just where I'm, how I am. Yeah. And yeah. I have really big financial goals. And so, yes, you do. $8 is like a big deal, you know? I'm like, and so I think that way. But in the same time, life is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. And it's important to be flexible and change direction. And that's really good for my personal growth. So it's just, it's interesting to share that about the donuts because that literally is <clears throat> a really big conflict yeah. in my head often. I think it's important to know for your own self, do you need more flexibility or do you need more rigidity? Because obviously I could use a little rigidity. Yes. You know, and I'm really aware of that. I could use a little, like with my business, I'm really good about it, but with personal and household, I'm, I somehow like, I'm a different person with it. It's really odd. And I need to find out like, how can I get more structured and a little more rigid and strict with myself? Those aren't bad words to let those things line up. And for you, you could be more flexible some days with it, but 
You know, I think the big financial goals are, we're going to have another episode on this later on why, on your why. Um, A big one that really changed my spending was going to India right before the pandemic started. I was in India for a couple of weeks and it was the, the most, one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I wanted my kids to experience it. I wanted to be able to take them there before they're 25. You know, it's a big trip. It's far. It's, it's not too expensive once you get there, but it's, it's a big deal. And so coming home, I had a real like reckoning about spending and like, could I take them to India today? Nope. Why? What am I spending money on? Does this stuff bring me any joy? Like talking about Marie Kondo, do I need another one of these? Um, And at the end of my life, am I going to wish I had another fabulous dress or am I going to wish I took the kids halfway across the world to see how other people live? So they're not so afraid of other and different and they get to be really immersed in other cultures, you know? Ugh, the why. It's my favorite. I can't wait till we talk about it. So with that, I think we should close on the meditation you and I discussed. Yeah. So I did this meditation a while back and, um, it really helps me. And I meditate on it often just to keep those goals in the forefront of my mind. So, you know, when you sit down and you get comfortable and you can start to really have some time by yourself, think about and visualize what your version of financial freedom means and looks like. And so get real detailed, like it's a movie screen and you can see it. Maybe it's a business you want. Maybe it's a new home. Maybe you want to live somewhere completely different. Just see that because that's your end goal. And if you can really, really see it, you can keep working towards that. And once you see something and you begin to manifest that, you can take little bitty steps to get to that. And I really, really believe in this meditation. Financial freedom is something that we can all have, but it does take a great deal of mindfulness practice. And you have to get really honest with yourself like she did. Do you need to be more rigid or do you need to be more flexible? And then next, what does it look like to you? Perfect. Because some people's perfect is a big, huge home and cars and boats. Some people want to live in a tiny house. Some people want to travel the world and live in Airbnbs. There's no right or wrong, but whatever it is, if you can see it, then you can start to work towards it. So I'd leave you with that because that's really helped me. And I go back to it really often because there are times like our refrigerator broke. So you got to buy a refrigerator. That's not like a non-negotiable. So annoying. I know. But then a few days later, something broke on my laptop. Mm. really majorly sucks, but like I can get by without it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. It's driving me bonkers. But every time I see that key missing, it's a mindfulness practice that <sighs> like, it's just a freaking key misty. It's not that big a deal. You don't have to have it to sustain life. You mm-hmm. got to have a refrigerator. Right. And so when I had that conversation with myself about how much I just wanted to press the Amazon click button, I literally closed my eyes and I pictured where I want to be and what I want for my family. Like that split second image movie screen 
snapshot that I hold in my head that hopefully you can visualize for yourself. That's what I bring up in those times. And that helped me to not buy it. And now I have a missing key and it is what it is. And you don't care. Now it's no, fine. You've gotten you over it. You can't even see my key. So <laughs> it is what it is. I love um, that. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I really enjoy this topic. And if anybody, you know, wants to know just tips and tricks I have that I use because I am really passionate about this. I guess it stems from a banking background now mm-hmm. that I put it all together, but I'm here. Find me on social media. Now find Misty me. about this topic. Not me. I, I'm not a <laughs> guru by any means, but I have like practical things that have helped me inch the way forward. Plus I married a big spender and I married a Marine with, you know, champagne taste and a beer budget. Oh my God. And so I, I have that. navigated those waters for 10 years. Um, and it's taught me a lot about flexibility and his a little bit more rigid. And so I just have some personal things that I often share with friends when they feel like they're navigating tough waters. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I'm happy to hear about it. I hope everybody's doing great. We look forward to seeing y'all on our next episode. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.